Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate, folks. We're in the practical elements of uh, Rethink Real Estate at this point, and we're going into weekly meetings. So I did an earlier podcast episode on the weekly reports, and I make reference to that in the podcast today. Please go back and have a look at that if you haven't already done so, because it's really important. Because I make a point here today in the sense that you can actually do a weekly report and you can send it through to your sellers, but it's absolutely not worth the paper it's written on or the information that's on there if, in fact, they don't absorb it correctly. Controlling the environment where you are there and you are presenting the report to them is really the only way in order to make sure that your seller is not escaping the feedback. And again, that is the topic of today's episode is that are you allowing your seller to escape the feedback? And the question to that is whether or not you're doing this in an effective manner. So I take you through the agenda of which how you present it, but I take you through some conditions of which you need to set everything up before you actually walk in that door or before you get on that Zoom call to have that conversation with the sellers. It's really critical that it's set up the right way so that they are prepped and ready to absorb that feedback correctly. Otherwise, you'll just find combative sellers on the other end of this. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Well, today I want to go through and take you through a weekly meeting format. It's one of the things that certainly is happening more and more at the moment as properties, if they are sitting on the marketplace in this low inventory market, is that we're going to have to have discussions with our sellers. And how do we deliver the news and how do we ensure that our seller is not escaping that feedback? A great example of of a seller that possibly is in denial when it comes to their expectations of their property is somebody that won't retain information. And I really do believe that if we do a weekly meeting effectively, we set them up to ensure that they retain the information that we are pulling from the marketplace. There is no point giving feedback to somebody in an atmosphere or an environment if they're not set up to be able to receive it. Receiving it is the most important part, but it is your responsibility as an agent to set the scene and the environment to make sure that they can receive the information and absorb it. So today I want to take you through some context in the perspective of different ways that you need to set up the meeting. And then I want to take you through an agenda of different things to say along the way and how to present that weekly report. Now, one of our previous podcast episodes was on getting the weekly report together. Um, That is a previous episode. If you go back and have a look at that, then also we've got a template of the weekly report itself where we've actually designed it to be in a top-down approach so that therefore there's a process of elimination when it comes to the numbers. It actually presents a pretty easy format to then that actually then sustains a lot of the meeting itself. However, there's a few things that I want to go through with you before to set the tone and actually make sure that you're setting up the meeting in its best light. So for example, when it comes down to any type of weekly meeting, making sure that you're scheduling it in advance and that they are at a consistent time where they are scheduled, where both decision makers are going to be there. Now, obviously that's real estate 101. You can't get somebody to agree to something if you don't have both decision makers there, but ensuring that then it's not a game of telephone where ultimately one person is displaying the information over to the other at a later date. It just doesn't work that way. It never works as effectively and secondhand. And also you need to ensure that those people 
people that are involved in selling the property are the ones that are committed to ensuring that they are up to date with what the marketplace is doing and not simply burying their head in the sand. I've always found that doing a campaign calendar at the very beginning of the process, and we'll talk further about the 24-hour meeting in one of our podcast episodes to come, where you actually set up 24 hours after the listing, you go through and you put the campaign calendar together and get their commitment that they will actually go through and sit down with you or over Zoom or whatever it may be. That's one of the next things that I want to make sure that when we're setting the scene of the meeting, I personally love the efficiency of Zoom now. Now, pre, uh, post-COVID is that Zoom is appropriate. And if Zoom was appropriate when I was selling real estate, we could have got through a hell of a lot more inventory and ultimately a hell of a lot more meetings. And I could have had a lot more control when it comes to the presentation itself or the meeting itself. Control is an important part here. Control can be an unhealthy word, but in this situation, you need to control the environment and control the way that you're delivering the information so that, again, they're in a position to absorb it appropriately and you're not giving them an excuse to escape the feedback that you're giving them in the marketplace. So one of the next part in all of this folks, is that when it comes down to the meeting that you're going to be doing with them, having the decision makers there is obviously the important part of it. But whether it is at the dining room table within the property itself, or it is over Zoom, making sure that there is only one document that then you're displaying to them. This is an important step in the process of the level of control here. They do should not have received the weekly report prior to your weekly meeting. So for example, if you're on Zoom, you'd be sharing your screen. They wouldn't be looking at it over an email that you'd already sent them. You would ultimately be sharing your screen and you would be in control of that document. The next part of this that is a really important point that if you are in front of them, there's one copy. There's not copies for everybody. You are at the dining room table so that you're not in the lounge room and you hand them a copy of the report and they're flipping through and they're not going through it in chronological order. That is a really important part to the control of all of this, but the most important part in all all of this is ensuring that they do not have the report without you present. I want to tell a quick story to put this all into context is that I was selling a property in Westlake in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. It was a property. It was one of the more expensive properties that I'd ever been involved in. It was around $1.1 million. This person though was one of the socialites of the entire neighborhood. Everybody knew him. So one day when I walked into one of my seller's meetings, I walked in on him in a dining room table setting. He had a very large dining room table and there was these papers spread everywhere. And he was had a map out. He had all these different things. He was bent over the dining room table, I remember. Uh, and I walked in. I'm like, Peter, are you here? Walked in. Yes, I'm in the dining room. Peter. He's like, Ben, in the dining room. And I walk in. He's like, come here now and I want to show you all of this stuff automatically my heart sunk and he just went into defense mode. I dropped the weekly report off to him on Tuesday evening. That was when I was getting most of my weekly reports out to all of my sellers. And I went in there and he berated me. He literally verbally bashed me for at least an hour around how everything that I had given him was incorrect. This is why, that is why. And I have to be honest, there's a lot of the time that the theory that he was giving me made zero sense whatsoever because he was trying to rationalize his own expectations in his own mind at all times. We all do, guys. We make a poor decision. We then start finding things from the past in order to then throw at that decision to go, this is why I did it. This is why it's happening. You try and rationalize it. And I get it. It's just the process of elimination. But realistically, when it comes to your largest asset, it's going to happen even more. So you've got to prepare for that. 
And so I left that meeting feeling pretty downhearted. I went back to my office and the business owner who I was the personal assistant for when I first started into real estate, I walked in, he goes, well, you look like you've been hit by a truck. And I'm like, well, I just had a meeting with Peter uh, Rogers, my, uh, my, my owner on 123 Smith Street. Okay. And he's like, oh yeah. He goes, it was just a horrible weekly meeting. He's just so unrealistic. And you know, he's trying to tell me why all of this stuff, he had like all of these reports out telling me why the re- feedback. So, well, how did he have time to, to find all of that stuff then? I'm like, because I dropped it to him yesterday. And he's like, so you give the report to them before you go. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Ben, you were my assistant for years. When did we ever give a report to a seller before we got there? I'm like, well, one, you don't have email, and two, you're lazy and only giving me the information last minute. He's like, outside of the deficiencies of my efficiency is that, well, did we ever do it? I'm like, no. And that was by design, Ben. Because otherwise, most of the time, if you send it to them beforehand, you'd be walking into a war about why they're going to try and prove you wrong or prove the feedback wrong. You really wouldn't even allow them. They wouldn't even be absorbing it in any way, shape, or form. When they hear it for the first time, you need to be there showing them that this is the true evidence and not making ex- and not allowing them to make excuses for the evidence that is in front of them. So it all dawned upon me at that point. And it also, he made a pretty astute point is that, well, the last few years in real estate must have sucked for you because you would have, your weekly meetings would have been very, very, very combative. I'm like, yeah, they have been. So Guys, as it comes down to it, everybody is afraid of giving the truthful feedback in a report or even over the phone or whatever it may be at the fear of the seller being disappointed or whatever the reaction that you're ultimately going to get. That is true if you're giving them the evidence and giving them the time to build a case against why that feedback is wrong. Delivering it to them in first hand and taking them through it and showing them that, hey, the buyer thinks your home is worth a million. They have a budget of 1.5 million. They've been looking for this long. They've made offers of this amount on these properties. That is true and accurate feedback. Now, again, we can define feedback all day, but feedback equals price in my opinion. Feedback equals price. Focusing these reports in your conversation around expectations and price is a very, very important element of this entire journey of presenting feedback to your sellers. But coming back to the weekly meeting, setting the tone is that, as I've mentioned before, making sure both decision makers are there. If they've made a commitment, you've made that commitment at the very beginning of the listing and putting the campaign calendar together and scheduling those meetings in each individual week. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but wanted to ask a quick favor. If you're seeing any value in what we're providing, we'd love it if you could like, follow, or subscribe, whether you're listening on a podcast or watching us on YouTube. One step further is that if you can think of anybody in your community that this episode could help, we'd love it if you could share it to them so we could cast our message further and broaden our audience. Thanks again. Now, if it's over Zoom, you're not sending it to them beforehand. You're sharing your screen so they can't flick through it. If it's at the kitchen table, you have got one copy. You are in control of that copy and you're turning it over and taking them through it so they can't kick back and start reading ahead and take the process of elimination of that report, the top-down approach, out of context. So, folks, as it stands now is that when it comes down to the meeting itself, we need to make sure that you are going through the appropriate points in that meeting to get through exactly what you need to the entire time. So, 
as it stands, guys, is that sitting down at the dining room table or over Zoom, one of the first questions that I do in the agenda that will be available to you guys in the show notes, we'll make sure that we put a link in there, the agenda. There's seven steps in the agenda. First is discussing the service, presenting the weekly summary report, reviewing the marketing activity that's been carried out. We then provide them the numbers. We then provide them with a real estate market update. We discuss the price feedback from people who have viewed the home. We've also then talk about the future actions, what is there to come, go through the campaign calendar, what's happening next week, and then the final question. So guys, a lot of this is taken care of from an agenda perspective of the report. It might not work as fluidly as what I've just put there because the report goes through quite a lot of it. But realistically, the first question quite possibly is the most important question when you are having a weekly meeting is that, do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? So again, you're sitting at the dining room table, you're at Zoom, you're on Zoom. Hey, thanks so much, guys. I wanted to obviously go through and give us a bit of an update on where we stand just so that we're all on the same page. But the first thing that I want to discuss with you is that, do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? And then shut up. This is the moment where 99.9% of the time, they will say yes. And this is the moment where you get to have that leverage later when it comes down to a difficult moment where they say, well, Ben, I don't know if we should take this or I want more money. And you can reflect on the fact of that, hey, every single time that we've done a weekly meeting or every time we've met is that I've asked you, do you believe I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? You've said yes, and I truly believe I have. So that means that what's in front of you right now is actually the market value. And I really believe that I've done everything in my power to get you there. And I think that you need to consider this. It holds a lot of weight and it holds a lot of effect that then they can't blame you later because trust me, your relationship, if it extends over a period of time, will turn into blame. It won't turn into self-reflection of what they want. It will turn into blame first and you need to be able to combat that. And I think it's a really good question to ask because if you feel uncomfortable as an agent asking it, have you really done everything in your power to get the home sold? Because if you don't ask it, then a lot of the time, you're probably a little bit self-conscious of the fact that are you doing everything you can? Give you an example of this, guys. I used to call real estate auctions in Australia. Used to do thousands of them every year. And one of the things that I would do is that in a meeting with the sellers quickly when I would meet them, I'm a perfectly good stranger coming into somebody's listing and calling the auction on the day of auction at the property itself, out the front of the house, very differently to the way that we do them now. But realistically, I'd walk in and I would go, hi, my name is Ben, everything along those lines. And we would have a quick discussion around their expectations. My job was to negotiate the best price possible as a third party. Still, my job now is the, uh, as um, Harcourt's auctions, but realistically, is that going out, going in there, I would ask the question, hey, do you believe the agent's done everything in their power to get you the desired result today? Do you believe that the agent has done everything in their power to get you the desired result today? And it was amazing the volume of agents that would ask me after they knew how I would operate. Hey, Ben, you know that question you asked them? Can you not ask them? That'd be great because they were so self-conscious of the fact of did they. So again, first item in the agenda is discuss the service. Do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? And shut up. Second is present the weekly report. Now, presenting the weekly report is similar to going through and presenting the numbers, which is the third step. But presenting the weekly report is actually giving them an understanding of how the report works. I always did that at every meeting is going through and saying to them, now, the, the first numbers are all the public inquiry. Then also we have then the people that have seen the property and that have, and, and their feedback on the property. Then we also then have everybody to date and their price feedback. And we'll go through that in that 
in that chronological order of highest numbers all the way down to the people that are currently interested in the property and might be either presenting offers or have present offers or registering to bid for auction. Now, then going through and giving them a bit of a review. So this is where if you don't already do a complete campaign calendar of, hey, this is day one of us starting all the way down to the auction date or all the way down to a selling or what's going to happen for the next month or so, is that going through and going, this is what's happened so far on the property. This is where it's really important. I don't believe in social media advertising um, uh, in the sense that it will get buyers. I believe in it from process of elimination for your sellers because you can get thousands of eyeballs on and you can give them a report saying that, hey, your property has been exposed to 30,000 people, 20,000 people, 5,000 people, whatever it may be. That's a really important part from a marketing standpoint. And again, the other part of all of this, guys, is reviewing everything that you've done with them shows them a process of elimination that you are doing everything in your power to get their property sold. So that's an important step, I believe, in reviewing not only are you reviewing what's happened so far, you're reviewing the marketing as well. Don't review the market just yet. We'll get to that point here shortly. So going through that, that is the, that is the sorry, the third step. Okay. First step, discuss the service, give a quick overview of what the report looks like and how you'll be going through that. Thirdly, okay, is go through and make sure that you do a review of marketing that has happened to date and what you were doing on the property and go through that camp, that process of campaign calendar of these, this is everything we've done, open houses, follow up, compiled the report, gone and followed through the database, emails out here, followed up with these people, whatever it is. Then you go through and you provide the feedback. You go through the report from the top, being the biggest numbers, the internet inquiry, then down to the phone inquiry of people calling and the people that are calling you agents or buyers, then to the, then to the people that uh, have seen the property and actually been through the property. Okay, So it goes through and shows you that, uh, that you've got 30,000 people that are looking at the property through the internet. Then you've also got through the marketing, there's another 5,000 people. Okay, Then through the phone calls, we had 10 phone calls on the property this week from agents and buyers, which resulted in five showings on the property um, or seven people through the open house or whatever it may be, it's going down the order. So essentially what you're showing them is that, hey, you know, 29,000 people said no to your property at this point, okay, or whatever it is. You're going through that process of elimination and you're showing them. Remember, the numbers at the first page of your report should just be the previous seven days. It shouldn't be compounding all of the other numbers. Then you go through and give general feedback and you go through and give, a fee give general comments on the people that have been through. The really important part in this process that you need to control when you're doing a weekly meeting and you're presenting your weekly report is that notice the structure of the report back on our previous podcast episode where the feedback of what somebody thinks a property is worth, okay, or the feedback of what somebody thinks that the property is like being, you know, the layout or whatever is not attached to the people's name. Okay, so their opinion of the property is not attached to the people's name. So therefore, that feedback on the property cannot be associated with that person. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that John Smith thinks a property is worth a million dollars. The seller wants 1.5 million. John Smith says that he thinks the property is only worth a million dollars and he doesn't like the positioning. He thinks that there's too much street noise. Immediately, the seller, if he, they know that John thinks there's too much street noise, they discredit the million dollars. You are allowing the seller to escape the feedback on that property. So don't put his feedback or his opinion of the property anywhere near John. Put John has a budget of $1.5 million and thinks the property's worth $1 million. 
don't put in that he thinks that it's on a busy street or there's road noise. So where I'm going with all of this in the report, guys, as you go through it, you are controlling this. You are making sure that report reads the way that it is designed to be read. This is an important step. You are, you are making sure the report is being read the way that it's being designed to be read because you are in control of that meeting and you can point these factors out, okay? Then you go over the next page to the consistent comments and then you go through all of, the, all of that price feedback at that point. Now, at that point, when you go through the price feedback, it's important to show them where their expectation is on the graph versus where the reality of, of where all the price feedback has been to date. It's not the time to push back on it though. It's a time to mention it. This is not the time to go, hey, you guys are clearly different. Then you talk about any offers you've had or whatever whatever the, the process of the report has been designed to go through. Then you go into a market update. So the third one is go through and provide all the numbers. Uh, sorry, the fourth one is to go through and provide all the numbers. The fifth one is to provide a real estate market update. This is where it's important to talk about the properties that have come onto the market, the properties that have sold, all of those other parts of this. Now, guys, you've got to be careful with some of this information. You've got to be critical of the people that you are presenting to. I know I'm diving down a rabbit hole here, but realistically, when it came to the market update, some sellers I would sign up to Zillow or you know the public portals where it would notify them when a new property would come to marketplace. Other parties, I would not. Other sellers, I would not. Sometimes people, um, you know, overemphasize other properties or their opinion of value. So I'll give you an example, guys, if I had somebody that looked at a property, like say a property sold for three and a half million dollars and it was twice the size of their house, but it might not have just been as updated. I have a seller that thinks their home is worth three and a half million dollars and it's half the size just because theirs is a little bit more updated. That's a type of person that I think is a little bit more delusional around what they have and how much it is that I wouldn't go ahead and encourage them to look external at the marketplace of other properties because they're going to find faults in anything else that comes to the market. They're going to find faults in anything else that is sold in order to increase their value. Everyone always says it's really good to show the sellers what other properties have come onto the marketplace or what is sold. Sometimes it's not, guys, and you've got to make that call because sometimes your sellers hold on to an individual sale versus everything else that's handling that's happening around them. And in a marketplace like we're in at the moment that's moving as quickly and changing as quickly as what it is in every which direction, it's probably not the greatest idea to give them too many specifics. But it might be a good idea to give them, hey, 900, there were 500 properties on the marketplace last week. There are now 550. So we do have a little bit more competition in the market. Okay. There might be good to give general statistics on the real estate market and it keeps them in tone, but you've got to make a decision on do you give them more detail? Are they the people that are the right type of numbers driven that will listen? Or are they the people that are the wrong type of, of people that will just attach themselves to the highest thing possible or think that their home is better than anything else that comes to the marketplace? You've got to make that call. And I think it's a very important call that you make. So that is number, number five in the equation is provide them with a real estate market update. Now, the next part is discuss the price feedback. After you've gone through and talked about the demand and talked about the market in general, then going back and addressing with them. Mr. and Ms. Seller, I did want to make sure that we spoke about this. You can see on this graph here that your expectations are $1.5 million. Most of the client's feedback is averaging out at around $1 million. There is quite a discrepancy there. How do you feel about that? And bring it up. 
Guys, we're going to do plenty of podcasts where, from the practical perspective of Rethink Real Estate, where I'm going to go through and I'm going to teach you how to, how to have the next portion of this conversation. But you've got to be able to provoke the conversation. This is where you are not allowing your sellers to escape the feedback. Feedback about their home being on a busy road or feedback about the floor plan being bad or whatever it is, is not feedback. That's just comments. People will make up comments to justify them not wanting to buy it or justify to you why they didn't make an offer or justify why they're not moving forward because they're not really a real buyer. Okay. Realistically, guys, this is the part of the conversation in agenda items six, seven, and eight that really allow you to lean into the discomfort that sometimes we have to take in order to make sure that our sellers aren't, escape, aren't escaping the real feedback of the market. It's by pointing it out. That's all you need to do. You don't need to get combative about it. And I will tell you right now is that I learned the hard way. If you're doing this and you've done everything in the sequence that I've told you to do it in the sense that you are actually going back to a seller, okay, and you are making sure that they are not seeing the report before you get there and you're taking them through the report, very rarely do they ever get combative. Very rarely do they ever get combative because you've shown them the compassion of taking them through it. You've shown them the effort that you've gone to in order to get them the best result possible or make sure that you're giving them a process of elimination so that when they are presented with the market, they feel comfortable taking it because you're working so hard. That is one thing that I will say about this whole process is effort will outweigh any type of, of anger, out, outweigh it completely. So um, discussing with them the price feedback Hey, the consistent feedback has been around here so far. We've had offers of X, the averages, everything along those lines. Your expectation still is at $1.5 million. How close to the feedback would you consider? Right? That's another way of framing it. Now, if we go down and we look, look at the seventh response, as you've gone through that, and it's probably they're a little bit bruised about you talking about price and the discrepancy, you move it on quickly though in the perspective of, hey, this is what I'm doing next week. This is what's coming up. This is what we're going to do next. And you talk about the future actions and the future plans. You show them that, hey, there's still, hey, we're still moving here. We're still going. We've got plenty of time left. Or if you don't, these are the next steps that we need to take. But then the final part is the final question. It's where you put everything into perspective, right? And you already have pointed out the discrepancy in perspective to the market. If there is one, which guys, everyone's sitting there going, oh, well, what if there's not one? There's pretty much always one, okay? Certainly if a home has gotten to the point where you're doing weekly meetings, folks, okay? If not, you've probably sold it really quickly, which is a whole nother episode where I believe you've undersold the property. But again, I'm not even going to get into that today. However, the final question is, our highest feedback has been X or our highest offer has been X and we've chosen not to accept that. Your expectations are X, but how close to the X would you accept? So I'm going to reframe that. So our highest offer to date has been a million dollars. Your expectation is still one five. You've said no to the million dollars, but after looking at everything we've got here today, how close would you accept to a million dollars. Oh, no, no, no. Again, guys, it takes guts to have these type of conversations, but you've earned the right by taking them through everything that you've done so far. So all in all, that is the agenda to go through. And I will make sure that there is a copy of this available to everybody so that they can put it into play. We've got several dot points in there to sort of give examples and things along those lines. However, the thing that I do need to make sure that we go through and just recap on, making sure 
that you've got both decision makers there, making sure that you've scheduled these in so that therefore they become habit. Because if they keep rescheduling or they're not 100% attentive or they're not available um, in that sense, a good example of that is if somebody wasn't, if they wanted, if you were doing a Zoom call and they were in their car, if you were doing a remote call or something along those lines and they were not available to listen to you or they're out and about or they're not actually sitting there by the computer looking at the report or whatever it is, then I would believe that you need to reschedule that. I would say, hey guys, I respectfully understand you've got a busy schedule, but can we have a time where you actually stationary and we can look through this report together? At home, obviously it's a little bit easier, but making sure everybody is there. Remember, the most important part about this is making sure that they don't get the report before you are there to justify and make sure they don't escape the feedback. Otherwise, you are just setting yourself up for one, angry people every single time. Two, them already talking themselves out of what the marketplace is really saying about their property. Okay, And three is that most of the time, a level of frustration from you because you're dealing with people that are unhappy. The next part in all of this, guys, is making sure that we deliver it in the sense of the way the report is being designed. But then going through, discussing the service. Do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your, you the desired outcome or to sell your home? Do you believe I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? Great question in the beginning. Present the weekly report and say what format we're going to be going in. Okay, Even if you've done it in past weeks, it's really good to remind them. Review the marketing activity. Review the Facebook ads, review the, the, the flyers, review everything that you're doing in order to market that property effectively, review all of that stuff. And again, if you feel uncomfortable with that part, because I know a lot of people feel uncomfortable with the marketing element, just review the volume of people at the very top of the report, okay, maybe in that section, internet hits, everything along those lines. Okay. And then also go through the calendar, go through everything that you've done in the past week for the property, the showings, everything along those lines, list those things off. Don't make the assumption they can see how hard you're working, show them. Okay. And even if you're not working that hard, show them that you're working hard. Okay. The next part of this, okay, is then going through the numbers, going through, obviously, if you haven't already done the marketing numbers, going through and talking about how many people phoned, how many people then turned up, how many people through the open, what their opinion of the value was, okay, what were the consistent comments, and so on and so forth. Then providing a real estate market update where you've analyzed the character of your seller where they're going to attach themselves to certain properties within a marketplace. Maybe they're not the right people to go through specific properties. Maybe you need to give a broader perspective of the marketplace, okay? But making sure that those numbers are in your favor, okay, to help educate your client that marketplace you know, inventory is going up or it's going down, you need to make sure that you're giving the seller an update on where everything stands. Discussing the feedback, discussing where they are in comparison to the other market, discussing the consistent comments, discussing where everything sits rather than you just going through it, going back and readdressing it. Then talking about future actions. Future actions, this is what we've got coming up this week. This is what I'm doing. This is where's next. It's easy to do if you've done the campaign calendar. Now, the final question, our highest feedback has been at $1 million, your expectations at one five. how close to $1 million would you consider at this point? That is a provoking question, folks. I need you to point out, need you to understand, not, well, hey, you know, what do you want? It's a horrible question. How close to a million dollars our highest feedback would you accept? That is a precise question that will provoke emotion in the sense of that, well, no, well, no, we're not going to accept that, Ben. They will talk to you about it at that point. So guys, this is the weekly weekly review meeting. I have to admit though, is that it's one of the things that 
I really do understand when it comes to real estate can be a nerve wracking element. But as it comes down to it, is that if an agent doesn't do weekly reports and they don't do weekly meetings, the seller is at least 30% plus more likely not to sell their property. Okay. And hey, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know all the statistics. There's some statistics to say that they're 50% less likely to sell all of those different things, but they're numbers from Australia and different places. It has to be at least 30% more likely not to sell if you're not presenting them the feedback. But you can say you've done a weekly report, but then if you send it to them in the wrong fashion and it doesn't stick and you allow them to escape it, what's the point? There's zero point. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Effort will always outweigh the paper on the writing, uh, sorry, the writing on the paper. And this is taking things to the next effort to ensure they don't escape that feedback. So when the time comes, they don't have to say yes. They just need to be well-informed. That is your job. When the marketplace presents itself, it is not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility for when the marketplace will will present itself. It is your responsibility for letting the seller be able to see it clearly when it does. And if you don't present them the report like this, I don't believe they will be able to see it clearly. Thanks for joining us, guys. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. It would mean the world to us, and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow, or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.